Go on, Lucy. You've got to pull yourself together. You've got to think of Sarah and Zoe, he said, naming their two daughters who were still at home. Their oldest daughter, Elizabeth, like her brother Toby, had already flown the nest. She was living in Paris and working at the Tony Cavendish Hotel there. Lucy thought guiltily of Zoe, who was in her senior year of high school and was waiting anxiously for the college acceptance or rejection letters that should arrive any day now. Zoe prided herself on being independent and had written the essays all by herself, refusing help from her parents, but Lucy wondered uneasily if she should have insisted on getting more involved. The truth was that she took Zoe at her word that it was all under control, simply because she hadn't felt like arguing after working all day as a reporter for the local weekly newspaper, The Penny Saver. As for Sarah, who was a student at nearby Winchester College, well, Lucy had to admit she didn't even know what courses Sarah was taking this term, or if she was still dating Hank, someone she had met at the college dive club. She was rarely home these days, Lucy assumed she was deeply involved in college life, but she hadn't taken the trouble to find that out either. Lucy was uneasily aware that she hadn't been much of a mother lately, or even much of a wife, and the worst of it was that she didn't care. She was operating on automatic. She dragged herself out of bed in the morning when the alarm rang, drank her coffee, and ate her oatmeal. Then she drove to work, where she dutifully put in her time, but found the work she used to enjoy so much as a part-time reporter and feature writer had become merely tedious. The worst part of the day came later, after she went home and cooked supper, cleaned up the kitchen, and sat herself down in front of the TV. The shows came and went, but she couldn't say what she was watching. She was only waiting until it was time to go to bed, and bedtime seemed to come a bit earlier every night. I'm sorry, she said, brushing away a tear. I'm just so sad. I miss Patrick. Don't cry, said Bill. There's been enough crying. Too much crying. I'm sorry, sobbed Lucy as he slid the tissue box across the table to her. She pulled out a handful and wiped her face, giving him a weak smile. I'm going to try harder. I really am. Good, said Bill, exhaling a big sigh and standing up. Don't forget, it's Coffee Clatch Thursday. Lucy propped her chin on her hand. I don't know, she began, thinking that she'd have to comb her hair and get dressed and put on some lipstick. Then there were the boots and jacket and scarf and hat and gloves she'd have to wear, and she'd have to brush the two or three inches of new snow that had fallen during the night off the car. It all seemed so hard. She had the morning off because Thursday was the day the penny saver came out. Since she wasn't needed at the office, she could go back to bed, which was what she was planning to do as soon as Bill left for work. Come on, Lucy. You promised to try harder, he said, reading her mind. I'm not leaving until I see you washed and dressed and in the car. You better hurry or you'll be late, he added, 
glancing at the clock. I'll clear the snow off your car while you get ready. Is that a deal? Lucy glowered at him, then pressed her hands on the table and stood up. Deal, she muttered, narrowing her eyes. Lucy was late, but only by a few minutes when she got to Jake's donut shack and found her three friends already seated at their usual table. They had first met as young mothers, bumping into each other frequently at school and sports events. But as their kids grew older and those encounters became fewer, they agreed to meet every Thursday for breakfast. They'd kept up the tradition for years, celebrating the good times and supporting each other through the bad. Hi, Lucy, said Pam Stillings, welcoming her. Pam had not only retained the ponytail and colorful poncho she'd worn as a teen, but she'd also...